All right. We are live. Tap and Birdie. Genesis Invitational. I am joined by my good friend, Andy Lack, host of the award-winning Inside Golf podcast, co-host of The Scramble, writer for Odds Checker, Connecticut 2007 Junior Golfer of the Year, Tap and Birdie <laughs> strategic partner, scratch golfer, handsome guy, best in the business. Andy Lack, how are you doing tonight? That was pretty good, man. I'm not going right? to lie. That was that was pretty good. Um, thank you for the intro. All of those things that you said are true. Uh, and I am very excited to join you this week for uh, one of my favorite tournaments of the year. Yeah, no, Andy. See, when, when you're my good friend, like, you get the whatever tournament you want. You get your favorite tournament. Like, that's how it works with me. Like, I'll always have you on for a premiere event. You have an open invite whenever you want. And I appreciate it because you had me on and you knew we were both hit a winner that week. So it, it totally evened out. How, or did you tweet this out? Okay, sorry, I lost my focus because I was trying to multitask and retweet. Yeah, it. I can. I uh, we gotta. I gotta get my producer on it. My bad. He's been I got slacking it. recently. No, 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 no. I just want. To, I just want to retweet it from my account. Um, we're good. Yeah. If you, I wasn't listening to anything that you just said, but I assume it was something along the lines of how we've both hit two in a row, right? We're we're hot. Yes, we are hot. But I was saying, I'll always have you on for your favorite event. You, you're you the LA guy. You're the architecture guy. It's the perfect <laughs> week. So I, I wanted to have you on for this event. Was going to have you on for Tori. No shot. No shot that would ever happen. That's so I'm a bad glad, goal, of course. I'm, I'm glad you're on for Riviera. So, yeah, we are hot. Look, we're hot. We're, back, we're hit back-to-back -back winners. You know, we're feeling ourselves right now. I went on my podcast last week and I said, I am not hitting a winner this week. I'm not going to go two in a row. And I did. And I also said Scotty wasn't going to win all day Sunday. And then he won. So, you know, I don't know shit, but all I know is that me and Andy are hot right now. Yeah, the hoop, the hoop looks pretty big right now. I feel probably a little too overconfident in my picks this week, but I want to give you a little credit because you know... I am the king of believing in curses, believing in janks, believing in hexes. And by Wednesday, I was convinced that Scotty had no chance. And you have always been the guy to be like, dude, it doesn't matter that these guys are on him. It doesn't matter that he's the most tipped golfer. Like if he's a good play, he's a good play. People are getting smarter. Like you're not giving people enough credit for being smart. And sure enough, Scheffler comes through and Scheffler was a great play. Like I said, on this Sunday morning, he was a fantastic play. And I talked myself out of it by Wednesday because everyone else agreed with me. Um, and here we are. I think it's a great testament of trusting your gut and trusting a good play. And I think that your Sunday pod was so excellent in pointing. I just, and I texted you immediately. I said, I literally have the text. It said, Scotty, great at Ryder Cup atmosphere equals win at Scottsdale. Like that was such a great take by you and you figuring out and like having the take that he's a very aggressive player and it was just a perfect course fit and he went out and won and he's been someone we've liked for a while. I've bet Scotty outright a lot of times and we've given him shit on his Sunday performance and you have always said that it once you get into contention, it's like reps it's like building a muscle and i really feel like that came into fruition with scotty last week he put himself in a great position at houston and probably wasn't very happy with his performance on sunday and he turned it around and he won the waste management and it was a great win 
in Rom's house, nonetheless, in the house that Mr. Arizona State Rom built. Yeah, so he kicked Rom's ass in Phoenix. All right, he kicked Rom's ass at the match play, and he kicks Rom's ass at the Ryder Cup. So that's why Scotty's my favorite golfer. I mean, he really is so talented, and I, I'm just really like. There's a lot of guys like whatever. Like I wasn't super like emotionally invested in how Tom Hoagie's, but yeah, I wanted him to win. But like Scotty, like I really wanted him to win. I really wanted that monkey off his back, and we've been so impressed by his major play and his elite performance in like really top tier events and. Whenever I've written up Scotty, I've always pointed out how well he contended in all the majors last year. He was just a top 10 machine in the hardest field. So he's a guy, you know, you could play in super low scoring events, super high scoring events. Like he's just that talented of a player. And I'm really excited for his career and the fact that he could be the last guy in the Ryder Cup and kick the world's number one ass. You know, and we can get on to Riviera in a second. The last thing I want to say about it, though, is I almost feel a little bad for Scheffler because don't you kind of feel like Sahith? stole the show a little bit. Like, I feel like a lot of people led with Sahith coming out of that tournament and rightfully so I love Sahith. Uh, it was but awesome. I, yeah. Awesome. I feel like Sahith kind of stole the show a little bit, right? He like, you don't get that in golf, like that pure emotion crying after a round, like him taking pictures with fans mid round, playing with the best players in the world, like contending to win a golf tournament at 23 years old. Like that is such a great story in golf. And, you know, sometimes we get so, so caught up in the gambling aspect of it. It's like, sometimes it's just a great story and it's a feel good story and you want it to win. And he was so impressive last week, all week. And I'm very excited to see him in the future because I think he has a bright future ahead of him. And, you know, you know, you don't win, collegiate player of the year like if you're just some yeah. random guy like he is he's got game he's got a complete game i'm all the way in on sahith sahith's my guy ekrot's out i'm out on ekrot <laughs> yeah, he can't so, chip he does not know how to chip i'm so, out on ekrot until he figures out the short game so the past i i really i really hate bringing this up so the past two weeks i've had two pga tour players been dm dming them first one being austin ekrot I tweet out like, okay, he killed my lineups at Pebble. Like absolutely yeah, killed me. Too. Like would have like killed a lot of people's lineups. <laughs> and I just said, look, I know Austin's a great guy, but I hope he has a horrible day because he ruined my day. He responds and he's like, I actually did have a horrible day. So I'm like, oh my God, I just, and then he DMs me, dude, I'm just totally kidding around. Like, so we're boys. So Austin Eckrode and I, best boys, like literally best boys play him every single week. Then Max Homa. I fucking, like, it wasn't even, like, I tweeted anything. Like, someone just said, Batmax Homa. I'm like, Homa sucks. And then next thing I know, like, floodgates are open. He, quote, tweets it. And I'm like, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, did anyone Lord. even did anyone even tag him? Or did he yes. just, like, yeah. okay, somebody yeah, so, tagged him. Yeah. Okay. So someone, I said Homa sucks to the guy that said bet him. And then he tagged him. And then he um, replied. But. A moral of the story, Homa is using me for likes, using me for content, and I just don't appreciate it. And the funniest thing is, is that all these content creators are like trying to get Max Homa's like attention. No, I'm the I'm the content king. Okay. He comes to me. You can't just get his engagement. But yeah, Homa, really impressive. As soon as he tweeted that, I threw like 50 bucks on him top 20 at cash. So he's great, defending champion of this tournament. So, you know, let's get into it. We'll talk Riviera. We'll talk Genesis. Look, I hope everyone listening to this has listened to your Sunday pod and knows what to look for. But, you know, 
It's a difficult golf course. Par is at a premium. A lot of scrambling. Fast and firm conditions. What you like. That's what we're looking for this week, right, Andy? I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm I'm probably taking a little bit more of a, a short game angle than most. I just think that it's going to be really hard to to hit these greens this week. And I think even the best iron players in the world are going to hit these greens. I So I live 15 minutes from Riviera. I've never played it. It's like my great white Buffalo. I do have friends that play it all the time. And so I just wanted to get a little refresher from them. Like, Hey, what's your take on rev? You guys play this course all the time. You're a member whatever. And they're like, bunkers are really difficult. Um, it's really hard green complex and like the stats bear all this out. I know this is anecdotal stuff, but you look at the stats and they agree with what I'm saying. Um, so I really think short game is important. I think putting on POA is important and, um, a lot of mid to long irons as well. So that's, that's, that's kind of the quick recap of what I'm looking for. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's a really a great week because, you know, sometimes we get to some events and they're so low scoring and anyone can win it. And it's just like, you know, it's a, a little bit harder to kind of predict the winner. But I think in an event like this where the winning score could be a minus 11, minus 12, even lower, depending on how it plays, like it really brings out the best golfers. In my opinion, it's a little bit easier to handicap. So I'm just excited for these guys to be making bogey. I mean, we watch some of these events and it's like everyone's hitting every single green and whoever makes the most putt wins. And it's hopefully not going to be like that this week. I bet you this plays harder than the Open Championship. Yeah, like this is going to have a higher score, winning score than the Open Championship or some other majors. So I'm excited for it. Top of the board, our best boy, John Rahm. I've been on a streak. I've been starting every podcast. He's not going to win. I'm not going to bet him because I don't like when people – go on their pods and say, oh, well, he fits for X, Y, and Z. I could totally see him winning this, but the number's not right. It's like, okay, you, you didn't say anything. So I'm definitively, again, saying that he's not going to win this event. Do you agree? <laughs> I don't think he's going to win, but are you anti him in DFS? No, like, are you- I can't. I can't. I have the winning lineup this week. He is not in it. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. not playing him in DFS. He, he just does. I, I don't want to go that low if I play him. Okay, fair enough. I'm gonna play him in DFS. He he came 12 strokes ball striking last week. So yeah, like 99 percent uh, of people in the field can't even do that. So I listen, I think he's probably gonna finish like T seven this week, like he always does. But um I'm playing in DraftKings, but I'm like you, I, I kind of look right past him in the betting market. Yeah, I, I don't I, I really think he might be in the optimal lineup this week, but um I just I just not getting there and um, Cantley's in the winning lineup this week, in my opinion. He's in every single one of my lineups. I've been I've been hot recently. I'm investing double into DK this week because some weeks you fill out your your DFS roster and it just fits and it makes sense. And I'm like, I'm really confident in this. I feel like that this week. Cantley, in my opinion, is right there with Rom as to being just the most consistent player on the PGA tour. I don't think the fact that he's been contending, he's like tired and like he can't keep doing it. I just want the most complete player that has the least amount of flaws in his game. And I really think that's Patrick Cantley this week. I can't get that on and out right. But I think in DraftKings at $1,100, I just love that play. He fits into a lot of my lineups. And I really like starting my lineups with him this week. Do you think there's any merit to the fact that he's been contending so much he could be a little bit worn out? I think it's bullshit. Um. it's unquantifiable. Like it's not a reason to be on or off him. I think it's an angle you can take. 
Um, I didn't even think of that, to be honest with you, but you're right. I guess he's played a little bit more golf than all the other elites, huh? He had, he didn't play the Sony, but he's played, yeah, he played Pebble. He played in Palm Springs. He played the first event in Hawaii, and then he played last week in Phoenix. That's an angle. I, I could see it. I'm not playing Cantlay. Actually, I mean, not because I don't like him. You just, you have to take a stand and yeah. you can't play them all. And I'm playing Rom, JT, and Xander and no one else at the top. So I just didn't have room for him. But of course, Cantlay's great, man. He he also went to UCLA. He loves yeah. this course. He's a low-key architecture guy. So I slightly prefer Rom and JT, but I, I can't make an argument against yeah. him. He, he's just someone that... He just, I mean, he was first, like, I, I'm not a huge model guy. He was first in my model last four years, last five years at this event, fourth, 15th, 17th, 15th. I think he's a much better player now, just playing some great golf. And he's been there. And I can't get there on outright, but I think more than a lot of other players at the top of the board, he is due for a win. And I'm very high on him for the season. So next guy, I'm using the odds checker golf grid. Absolutely check it out. Amazing resource. It's always important to get the best number. And he writes for them. He puts out a great live article. So obviously check that out. Next guy, Dustin Johnson. You got an 18 to one on him. You talked him up on Sunday. He owns this course. Andy, he gets it done this week. I think so. I mean, I, I'm feeling a little Shefflery where he's picked up some steam this week and that's starting to worry me a little bit, even though it shouldn't. Um, I think I'm off him in DraftKings, but listen, I mean, DJ at Riviera, like there are a couple of guys this week where you could say like, oh, Rory with a two next to his name, Colin with a two next to his name. Like, I don't really care if DJ is in good or bad form. Like DJ should be the betting favorite or close to the betting favorite at Riviera. And if he can stand up straight and he had a really, really great ball striking week at uh, Torrey Pines, he gained over seven ball striking. The last time he did that, Brian was all the way back in November of 2020 when he finished second at the Houston open. What did he do the next week? He won the fucking Masters. So I, I think there's a chance that DJ is maybe returning at least a little bit to that form that we saw when he was the best player in the world and um, during that six-month stretch where he won like five times. So I, I'm in on DJ at 18-1. At to I think you are as well, or you went in a different direction? No, I, I didn't bet DJ, but I, I really do think it, it makes a lot of sense. And the thing about it where I would prefer him over Colin and Rory at – at a worse number is because he owns this course. He always plays well here. Um, Colin and Rory missed a cut last year. Obviously they're, they're the best players in the world. They could do it again. But I think people might forget because of how it turned out and how popular that playoff was. But DJ was the betting, the live favorite for like the majority of the, like at least on Sunday, early in the round, he kind of had a bad Saturday and not a great Sunday. And a lot of people thought he was just going to run away with it last year. So I really think there's a strong case to be made that DJ does it this week. I do have a little bit of FOMO, but you know, I'm okay missing it if he does go out and win. But I think if you got an 18, it's a great number. And I definitely prefer it over Lori and Colin. So I'm excited for DJ this week, and I, I'm glad that he got some reps in a Tory. Like, I know it wouldn't have been, but if this was his first outing, it might not have been great. But again, he proved everyone wrong at tour where a lot of people weren't giving him a shot. Yeah. I mean, I, hey, you skipped JT, didn't you? No, I'm JT's. It's, I didn't go on, dude. I'm, they're both at 16, dude. We're, all, we're oh, good. I'm so confused because I thought DJ was behind him at most places, but DJ's kind of dropped a little bit, huh? He, the best you could get him on any real book is 16 now. 
Okay, so DJ's DJ's taking some action. That that makes some sense to me. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, he's it's a big bet for me. I don't very often bet guys <laughs> under twenty to one. So um, pretty all in on DJ this week. I have a couple more guys farther down the board, but that's the reason why I can't. I don't have room for any of these guys in the low twenties, even though I, I like some of them. So next guy. He was very popular last week. I bet him, uh, you know, it was just a normal JT experience. JT, 16 to 1. I mean, I think that – where do you think his ownership's going to be? Because I I think he's a great DFS play if his ownership is going to be low because I think that he burned a lot of people last – not burned a lot of people last week, but a lot of people are upset with his performance. And I haven't really – Thought he caught a lot of steam because, again, DJ is a very popular play. A lot of people are betting Colin and Rory. Do you think his ownership will be a little lower this week? Yes. I think he's going to be lower than Rom. I think he's going to be lower than Cantlay. And I think he's going to be lower than DJ. Um, I'm playing a ton of him in DFS. I've gone back and forth on JT like five times this week. I'm a little afraid about the putter. Like, I, I just don't like the eye test. I talked about this a little bit on my on my show already with with Ryan Baroff, but I just, I think when JT starts gaining five and six and seven strokes on approach, which he's finally starting to do, it's only a matter of time before he wins, right? When he starts doing that thing on approach again, where he's actually gaining five, six, seven, eight, nine strokes on approach, like he wins golf tournaments and he's due for a win. And I think a win's coming soon. I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen this week, but I I'm playing JT and I would agree with you. I think JT will probably be, not the forgotten guy, um, but I think him and Hideki of the top guys will probably have the lowest ownership if I had to make a guess. Yeah, I, I think – I mean, I was never betting him back-to-back weeks, and, you know, if he wins, he, it's, that's fine. But I I do agree with you. I think it's a really great DFS play. I think that if his ownership's low at the top, I think it will be a great pivot. And, you know, I just – there's no reason he can't just – if he's really that good on approach like he was last week, he's not going to have to scramble a bunch. And, you know, I think a valid take that a lot of people are talking about, and I know you've talked about, is that when these greens are so tough and so hard, it almost evens out the playing field because, like, like a lot of people are missing the same punch JT will. So maybe that will help him. Um, next guy, Colin Morikawa. A lot of people saw two in front of his name Monday morning, and rightfully so, just said this is an auto bet. You know, he's the number – Two or three player in the world. It's been a profitable strategy to bet Colin at a drift or say. And I have no, like, I think it makes total sense that when people woke up and saw 22 next to Colin Morikawa, easily the best iron player in the world's game, like name, they were just like, okay, I'm just going to bet it. Like, I, I think that's a pretty valid thing to do, but it, it's not for me this week. Uh, listen, I love Colin Morikawa. I mean, none of my ROM content would exist if it wasn't for this golden child that I have adopted under my wing, um, who's won 20% of the majors that he's played in. I, I just, I made a bet on, I got kind of trigger happy with my betting card pretty early on Monday morning. And there were some guys in the thirties and the forties that I liked and I liked DJ and I found myself by Monday afternoon. I, I just didn't have room for some of these guys like Rory and Colin and Xander that I all like. Um, if you're looking for a reason to fade Colin, I don't like him out of the bunkers. I worry about that at, with him at Riviera. If you're trying to differentiate between JT and Colin, 
which I was, I went with JT because JT is a better bunker player and he has a better short game, but I love Colin. I, I mean, I, I he's, yeah. he's another tough fade. I think just from like a pure win equity standpoint, building your card and starting your card, Rory Collin, like you really can't go wrong. Like long-term betting those guys with a two in front of their name, it, that's just going to be a profitable strategy. Like I just don't see how it's not. I would agree. And I'm starting to, I don't know if Colin has started to drift the way that it seems like Rory and Xander drafted. But I started seeing some 25s and some 25, some 25s on Xander and Rory, and I had yeah. major FOMO for those guys yeah. because. At, yeah, yeah, no, at, it's just like like last two times, Rory, not the last two times, but at the CJ Cup, you know, he was right there with Colin in the odds board, and Colin was a very popular play, so not a lot of people were on Rory at Afazio. And then at um, – at Wells Fargo, he wasn't playing great golf, but he was going to a course he owns. But I, I don't think it's really the same. I, again, his last two wins were on Fazio. Do you think there's any validity and a little bit of a comparison there? Because you've talked about how Fazio designs actually the same things over and over, long and straight off the tee and clearing. So do you think there's any validity and a little bit of a comp course between like how these guys design golf courses or no? No, Fazio didn't do much to Riviera. I mean, he mainly just retouched some of the bunkers and stuff around the greens, but it didn't really, he didn't really change the character of the course in any way because the character of the course didn't need to be changed. And thank God, I think Fazio should be kept miles away from places <laughs> like Riviera. But I, I get the Quail Hollow thing. Um, that wasn't a part of my research for me, but uh, I understand certainly understand it. There, there are some similarities you can draw from for sure. Uh, I mean, I don't even think you need to go there. Like, I just think that this is a, a good course for Rory, no matter how you, how you break it down. Um, he, and he's played really great here uh, as well. So I, I trust me, if I had a do-over, I would maybe go like DJ Rory 25. When I, I thought that Rory was going to be like 20, or 18. Uh, and that's why it was an easy pass for me, but I can't fault anyone for going Rory this week. So I, I want to talk about Rory for a second because mm. he's just a great, interesting character in the world of golf. So I get, I get DMS sometimes and they're just like, I think this is Rory's year for the masters. And my thing is just like, people have been saying that for the last six years. Like what has fundamentally changed? Nothing. Like, legitimately nothing has fundamentally changed. Like, I don't think he's going to win the Masters. Like, wouldn't he have figured it out by now? Um. Yeah, I mean, listen, like, I don't – I my early prediction for the Masters was Justin Thomas. I'm sticking with that for now. Like, I'm not really a huge futures guy. I really like to – take in all of the information that I have the week of. And I think people that bet the futures market really forget almost like I forgot this week that you get some insane drift on some elite players by like Tuesday or Wednesday of master's week. So I'd rather not be tied up completely in those markets. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of people bet Rory at when he was like leading through three rounds at in Dubai, I never understood that uh, one bit. Obviously, he went on to not win that tournament. But yeah, I'm, I, I think Rory can win the Masters. Uh, we have to see how I feel about him 
the week of, but he's not, I've never been compelled to like, Oh, I need to slam Rory at the masters. Yeah. I, I'm because ex- he's always the story every year rolling up to the masters yeah. and it just, he never does it. And my take is just like, he would have figured it out by now. Like nothing has fundamentally changed. So your guy, Xander Shoffley, you get a 22 to one on him. What were your overall thoughts on his performance last week um, at waste management? It was a bummer. I mean, I listen, this giant misconception that people have is that like, I'm this diehard delusional Xander defender. Like, you know, Brian, as somebody yeah. that I talk to all the time, like I'm super tough on Xander. I, I think 97% of the criticism that gets thrown his way about not winning is completely valid and completely warranted. The only thing that I do defend him on is that I think the Olympics win was underrated, but in terms of like, him not closing the door and and him struggling on Sundays in the PGA tour and not winning on the PGA tour in forever. Like I think all that's super valid and he played well on Sunday. Like if you look at his baseline, like he didn't play worse on Sunday than he usually does, but he hit a bad putt on 18 to get into the playoff. He, he just, he hit a bad putt. I don't know. I don't know how much of it, it, in my opinion, it was more of a bad read than a bad stroke, but either way it's irrelevant because he hit a bad putt and he had a real chance to win that tournament. And I didn't get to watch it all on Saturday, Brian, but I heard that he made some really dumb decisions on Saturday. Like I heard that he really had the opportunity to run away with that tournament and he made some like dumb mistakes from the middle of the fairway. So it's a bummer, man. Xander needs one. I wanted that one really, really bad for him. When somebody gains 13 strokes from T to green and they don't win, it fucking sucks. <laughs> so I, I think Xander's going to play well again this week. I didn't have room for him on my betting card, but I'm absolutely playing him in DraftKings. Yeah, I think the thing about Xander is that a lot of people are complaining, oh, why is this guy 18 to 1 every week? He doesn't win. Like, I'd like a two in front of his name. And now you're getting him at 25 to 1. So if you like that, take it. And I think there's more of a reason to now, now that he has a better number to it. And, you know, last week, it's obviously a course he's excelled on. So, you know, again, that would have been a great place for him to win. Uh, but, you know, Xander's one of the best major players without a win over the past five years. And you're talking about difficult conditions, keeping it in the fairway, scrambling for par. That's Xander. So next guy, first guy on Wait, my better Brian, card. Can I ask what? your opinion? Because what? I want your take on these guys, too. So you're starting with Cantlay. No, and then... no, 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 not I, betting. I'm no, talking about yeah. in DraftKings. Well, I don't want to give away the winning. Okay. Okay. No, this is what we're talking about. No, like this is good. Like I, I, I haven't put anything in yet, but my initial was can't lay like, Cam Smith. I'm betting Cam Smith. I have a 25, okay. a 25 That's what I want to, to one on Caesars. So okay, he just... was like my initial, like that's my build. But again, we'll talk about it. I'm, I'm going to do two lineups, but mm-hmm. it's going to be Cantley. Um, Cam and then Cantley Scotty. Okay. I'm, that's I'm going good. back to Scotty. But Cam Smith, for me, he was my initial thought this week. And I owe him because, you know, he cashed for me at TOC and I'm forever indebted to him. And, you know, you talk about short game, you talk about Poa putting. That's Cam Smith. Like, he was in this event last year. He finished in the top five. This course obviously suits his game. And if you're telling me these greens are hard, I'm going to play literally the best putter on tour. You miscut at Sony. I don't care. I'm really high on his game. I think he's going to win the Masters this year or mm. in the next five years. 
at 25 to one, I know that might be like kind of like it's a lot easier to just be like, I'm going to take Rory or Colin, but I really like him and I'm indebted to him. So I'm going to play him and I'm going to play him in DraftKings. I know he's going to be a little bit popular, but I think he's really a great play. And I'm all over Cam this week. Okay. I like it. That answers my question because I was curious where you were going after after Cantlay in, in your lineups. Um, I don't think he'll be super popular, by the way, Brian. And I don't think he. I don't think I haven't seen a lot of love for him in the betting markets. Yeah. Um, I, I like Cam Smith this week. I'm not going to bet him and I'm not going to play him. I don't have room for him only because, and we'll talk about this guy later, but I think you could get 92% of what you get with Cam Smith with Matthew Fitzpatrick for yeah. $600 cheaper and double the price in the betting market. So I'm just going to play him instead, yeah. but he's, I, in the in term- he, he's in the lineup. Man. Oh dude, he's going to win this week. But I, I think I, I really like the angle that you're taking because yeah. I'm I really think short game and Cam Smith profile yeah. can win. And le- just because just talking about it, I'm going back to Scotty. Um, on Fantasy National, he's projected at like nine percent ownership. I think that is an absolute joke. We talked two weeks ago, and we were talking about the next two weeks, and I said I I said I probably prefer Scotty at the Genesis than Waste Management. I'm glad you know I was going to bet him either way, but. I really think Scotty's a great DFS play this week. If he didn't win last week, I would have been all over him. I always like him in difficult conditions. The reason he's excelled in majors is because he's long and straight off the tee. He has a really good short game, and that was shown last that was shown last weekend, and that was a big reason as to why he won the tournament. He had a great up and down on 15 um, to make another birdie, and you know if he didn't make one less, he wouldn't have won. So. I really like Scotty. I love the ownership. I'm not betting him outright, but DraftKings, I'm like I said, I'm starting Cantley, Scotty, Cantley, Cam, and I just I'm really feel really good about DK. And then our guy Fitzpatrick in it too. It's just like I feel so good about that starting three on my DraftKings lineups. I think you should feel good about Scotty because think about last week, Brian. The number what the best DFS play. For the Phoenix Open, outside yeah. of, um, I guess Sahith, was Tom Hoagie. Yeah, and I right? played him, and I wrote him up, and yeah. it, it helped me. So, like, I'm going back to the win. There's a big bias for uh, people not thinking that guys can win twice in a row. Um, so, yeah, I think Scotty's ownership is far too well. I think that's a very sound move in DraftKings. So, you talk this guy up. On your Sunday pod, I am officially tailing you on it. This is Andy's pick that I am tailing 35 to 1. Will Zalatoris, I bet I as soon as I woke up and I saw 35 to 1 on DraftKings, I was like, I'm betting this. And I know the second Andy wakes up on the West Coast, he's gonna be bet it. I bet it for you. I doubled it for you on me. On me, <laughs> on me. I doubled your bet for you. But Will Zalatoris, look, I mean. I think he's a lot of people's first instinct this week, but I think for a really good reason. His performance at the Farmers was so impressive, tee to green. And, you know, he was decent here last year, but I just think it's a Scotty situation where he continuously going to be knocking on the door and he's going to win eventually. So why not play him at a really tough course when he's in really good form? It just makes a lot of sense to me. And I think 35 to 1 is an excellent number on him. So he is the Scotty Scheffler of this week in in terms of the uh, amount of buzz around him. And 
listen, I think it's well warranted, right? Like it, I think that um, the putting thing, it obviously scares me, but it's very, very difficult to make putts inside 10 feet at Riviera anyway. And I think the fact that everyone's going to be missing those four to seven footers is really going to play into Zalatoris's hands. I love him in difficult scoring conditions. I love him on harder courses. He's one of the best mid to long iron players in the field. Yep. Actually a decent iron player, right? I mean, uh, or a decent short game, great iron player, decent short game. Uh, so I thought 35 was just a great number. And I think it's down to what, 28, 29 now. So yeah. um, well warranted that it moved down. So I, I, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm in on Zalatoris. Yeah, I mean, th thank you for the Sunday pot, seriously, because, I mean, like, it, it, again, again, if we're getting a 27 to 1 on him now, it's like, eh, I don't really know, but I thought 35 was just a great number. Um, you know, just some stats, fifth in bogey avoidance, sixth in approach in this field over the last 50 rounds, like 17th in good drives gain, like, he really impressed me with the short. He had some unbelievable up and downs at the Farmers, and I, I love it. So I'm excited for him. I'm he just doesn't fit into my DraftKings lineup. He's probably going to be one of the highest owned guys. So I'm not getting there. I'm not Draft playing Kings, either. But yeah. I think I think it's a really good outright bet. I still recommend betting it. Um, so uh, there are a few guys I want to just have an overall macro conversation on. And one of those is Brooks Kepka. He's one of those guys that we've gone back and forth on a lot um, over the swing season and just kind of recently. And I, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I said on my pod, he is not winning this week. Like he, but that doesn't mean anything because he really contended. So I didn't even think he would really contend, but what is it with this guy? Like he shows no form and then he just, it's a major waste management. Is that the only place you could play in? Because those seem to be the only profitable places to bet Brooks Kepka are majors and the waste man management Phoenix open. <sighs> I, I think he's one of the harder players to figure out in the field this week. I, I His ownership's too low. I'll tell you that. I've gone back and forth on him a couple times. Um, I don't – listen, he talks a lot about – you know, Brian, I'm a big quotes guy, and Brooks is like the rare exception where I, I don't really put a ton <laughs> of stock into what he says. Uh, but he did talk about how – he found a lot of confidence last week. Now the numbers did sort of bear that out. He also had his best putting week in like a year, right? He gained like six strokes putting too, which is sometimes hard to repeat. So I think where I net out on Brooks is it's, it's a no for me, but his ownership's too low. I, I think his ownership should be higher than what it is right now. I think he's going to be like 7%. I, I agree. I think the ownership's low, but he, in my opinion, he has way too high of a chance to just miss the cut and everyone sure. around him. I'm very confident will play the weekend that I just can't get there, but it's just so interesting to me that he could be showing no form going into the ways two years in a row and win and then contend the next year. Also what ha I was there. I was there that Sunday at Beth page on the PGA. It's been talked about on the no laying up podcast. It's one of like my favorite takes ever. Like, he doesn't seem to be the same golfer on Sunday after that win at Beth Page. What it like? What do do you think? There's any merit to that? Because Sunday at the PGA, Phil completely outdueled him. Last week, he was really irrelevant. Like he's just not the same player on Sunday. I don't know. 
do I think there's any merit to the idea that like something um, magical happens at Beth page or like, I, I think Brooks was probably just due, due for some regression on majors. Uh, he's had, so he's closed majors and closed tournaments at such an unparalleled uh, efficient rate that I think that he's probably was bound to come back to the pack. Like he wasn't going to win yeah. five, six majors, 50% of the majors that he played in over like a three year stretch. So I think it makes a lot of sense that he came back to the pack. I think he's going to win more majors. I don't know how many more, but yeah, I mean, he wasn't good at the PGA. He wasn't good at heart or with Phil. He wasn't good at Harding park, but Sunday, yeah. I, I, I think he'll be in the mix at this year's majors. Right. I think that's oh, yeah, like, I always say this, like, like people are like, oh, Brooks Hayden or whatever. Like, not Augusta. I mean, he's fine at Augusta, but like PGA, US Open, Open Championship. Like, we joke around, like, literally max bets, Brooks Kekka, top 10, top 20. Like, throw whatever you want on it. That is one of the surest things in golf. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. Next guy, Matt Fitzpatrick. We're both on him. We both got a 45 to 1 on him. He was an initial thought for me this week. I think he was an initial thought for a lot of people. Top five at this event last year, playing some great golf, played well at Waste, played well at Pebble, excellent short game, always contends on difficult conditions. Like, in my opinion, he checks the most boxes out of anyone over, like, he he checks a lot of boxes for me this week, and I love the number we got on him, and he's in the winning DraftKings lineup. Guarantee, Matt Fitzpatrick is in the winning DraftKings lineup this week. And I don't think he's – I think he might be like 12% owned. Like I'm really hoping I don't wake up and he's 17 or 18%, but I think he's not catching the most steam in the world. Yeah, he's going to be higher owned than I would have hoped for. I think probably yeah. 12 to 14% sounds about right. I just – I think there are too many good players around him that he'll stay under 15. Uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of influx of – um, new DFS players or football fans and stuff um, into the DFS streets this week. And I, I just don't see a lot of them clicking on Fitzpatrick's name. I think he's going to win this week, Brian. I mean, maybe it's because I'm overconfident because I've, I've been running really hot lately, but I just think this all sets up really perfect for him. His odd, you know, I always look at this. His odds are low. Like in what Scotty's odds were horrible last week. Cam yeah. Smith's odds were horrible at Tournament of Champions. Yeah, his odds are low, and they've gotten slammed a little bit at some of the sharper books that that I follow, and some of the sharper guys that I talk to that are not content guys, but are kind of pro betters and pro DFS players are big fans of his too. And I think it makes a ton of sense. Not a lot of people have talked about this, but the course that he won at in Spain is like maybe my favorite comp to Riviera Valderrama. I think that course is, you have to do the exact same things at Riviera. It's hard. It's firm and fast. It's narrow bunkers everywhere. Um, tough, rough, like huge emphasis on short game. And, Fitzpatrick won that tournament this year uh, a couple months ago. So I think this all sets up perfect for Fitzpatrick. I think Brian, if we wake up on Thursday morning and it's windy and the scores are high, yeah. I think we're going to be very happy with our Fitzpatrick bet. Yeah. I'm betting more on it. I know we have our bet, but I'm betting more on it. I'm, I'm very confident in it. He's in the winning lineup. So I love Fitz this week. Don't play him, but I love him. We love him. He's winning this event. Don't play him though. So next guy, I'm not betting him outright, but I think he might be a lock for a top 20. One of my favorite golfers on tour, 
one of, in my opinion, one of the most underrated and talented young golfers on tour. Sunjay M, this guy's a top 20 machine. He has two miscuts at this event, which I don't love. But he is just playing some absolutely fabulous golf. So since his win at the Shriners, he's went one at the Shriners, ninth at CJ Cup, 19th at Houston Open, 8th at Century, miscut at Sony, whatever, 11th at Amex, and 6th at the Farmers. Like, he is just playing so good. And he's a guy you can play in any conditions. You play in a birdie fest. You play in tough conditions. He won the Honda. It was very high scoring. He has the potential. He's just gaining so many strokes. And he's on my card. Top 20. I love him top 20. I can't fit him into DraftKings, but I'm really high on Sunday this week. I'm going to completely ignore the two missed cuts at this event in the last two years. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's fair. I've never really loved how he kind of got pigeonholed as this Florida Bermuda specialist. I think that was uh, doing him a disservice. I just think he's a really good player. I mean, he almost won the Masters in his first appearance yeah. there. He almost, people forget, he had an eagle putt on I was standing right there. He had an eagle putt to get into the playoff at Tory Pines after right? a double so, on one. Yeah. So you, you like he's fine on POA. The course history here is obviously a little bit of a concern, but you look at his actual profile in terms of how good he is out of the sand, how good of a short game he has, solid mid to long iron player. Um, I like that play, and I think his ownership will be, I think he'll be like eight, nine percent, right? Something like that. I, I might have to fit him into to some lineups, but I, I think probably my main exposure will just be a big top 20 bet on him. I think I could get like FanDuel some really good odds on him, top 20. So I'll be all over that. And just to circle back quickly to the Fitzpatrick ownership DFS, like I think more people are just going to play Adam Scott, Max Homa, Tony Finau, a little bit more expensive, like in my opinion. So I like that for us. So that brings up a guy you bet at, 70 to one, Tony Finau. He was in the playoff last year. He's won since. He plays well in this course. He plays well in majors. He plays well in difficult conditions. Tony Finau, it's a it's a number that's hard to ignore. And is that why you got there this week? Yeah. I mean, I, I was very surprised at the number. I I listen, I mean, people I know the form's been bad, but he was playing terrible for before the Northern trust. And he was like in the forties and fifties at the Northern trust. And I remember yep. no one, no one wanted a piece of him. I think we, I think I went on tap and yep, birdie that we week. And we both said that like, Hey, watch out for Finau. I know that no one wants a piece of Finau right now, but he's like a great DFS player. Yeah. I literally just played him top 20. Horrible. Exactly. Exactly. And so this is, I feel like we're in a little bit of a similar situation yep. where he's coming off two missed cuts, but I think the most recent miscut in Phoenix is a little bit deceiving because he just had this round from hell on Thursday. And then you look at what he did on Friday. He was one of the best ball strikers in the entire field. So I was pretty shocked to see Finau at 60 to one. And it was, it was my, uh, one of my first bets on Monday morning. I, I think, it, I think it's a great bet. And the thing about um, Northern trust is that he wanted like 60 to one. Mm. And I vividly remember like, the odds, like he drifted so much. People are like, this is just hard to ignore. Like he's not that. He's not a 60 to one golfer and he goes out and wins. So I think that's a very fair point to make is that like he literally did this not that long ago. He can't. He went to an excellent course fit at a crazy number when he wasn't playing some great golf and he went out and won. So I just think on sheer number alone, I think it's a great play. Will you be there in DraftKings? 100%. Yeah, he, I think he's he, going to be like eight. I think he's going to be 9%, maybe. maybe so 10. are you 
so are you going in DraftKings like JT, Fitz, Finau, or are you fitting another guy in there? So I'm playing at the top. I'm playing in all of my lineups will be some combination of Rom, JT, and Xander, either one or two of those, either one or two of those guys to start. Not playing DJ, not playing anyone above 9K besides those three guys. I'm just going to mix and match them. And then in the, and then I'm going really heavy on uh, Fitzpatrick and Finau. And then you know me. I've got some weirdos at the bottom yeah. that no one's going to play. But I think draft. it's a great DraftKings this week because I think that you can um, – you can kind of play who you want. Like I'm avoiding yeah. DJ and Zalatoris, but you really don't have to because it's not yeah. like DJ or Zalatoris are going to be 25%. Like they're just probably going to yeah. be like 19 or 20% because there's so many good players. So yeah. I think it's a really, it's a really fun DraftKings. Kings. And, that, and that's why I'm, out. I'm doubling my exposure. So I'm my whole DraftKings balance, Tom Hoagie money. I'm playing the 200 single entry, the 100 single entry, and then one entry into like the 88, one entry into the 44, and just like all like the 33 single entry. The tw- like I'm I'm going heavy into DK this week. I'm excited. I just got paid today. I just got my money from Jake. I mean, I'm feeling good right now. Big, J- hey, big. hold up, Jake paid you? No, no, no. I have Jake money from last week, but he owes me like 800 for this week again. I mean, I'm just yeah, all Jake over owes, again. Jake owes me money again. I'm starting like, to feel bad for Jake. We're bleeding. No, we are. Dish- no, like, because I've been hitting, like, we've been hitting outright, so it's, like, different. But, like, I've well, been Brian, killing I, on top 20s. I've been I, killing it. Yeah, I also played, like, 40 props for the Super Bowl and crushed all those props. Shout out so, my friend Claire's. But, yeah, Claire's you know, Yeah, so I, I – Poor Jake. Um, hopefully he'll recover. They have a bad. I don't get. Yeah, is it bad? It was like in my. Wait, so you you cleaned up last week, two weeks in oh, a row. Yeah. We got him. We got oh, Jake. Yeah. We got him. I mean, yeah. I just want he never will, but I want him to be like, dude, you're too sharp. Can't have you on the book. But uh, yeah, I mean, my thing is like we always like I love I love top twenties. Like that's how I got into this, and I've been killing it. When every single top twenty I place, win one fifty on it to win one fifty on it. Jake, like last week. JT, Scotty, Hoagie, Homa, um, whatever, some other guys. I cleaned up. Whatever. We're moving on. Kevin Na, your guy, your guy, officially your guy, like not not touching him at all. Kevin Na is your guy this week. Six seventy six hundred dollars, seventy five to one, elite short game, playing some good golf. You're riding with Na this week. Yeah, he's my favorite. He's like the Adam Hadwin. For me of this week where Thank you I don't for think he's, last week that worked. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's going to win per se. I still bet the 75 to one, but I think that Kevin Da is the best DraftKings play on the board. In my opinion, below $8,000. I think that his price is, uh, it's a little high for, I think what people would think. So I don't think a lot of people are going to play him. And I, I listen the case that you made for Cam Smith. I think you could make a lot of the same case for Kevin Na. He is an elite short game. He's one of the best bunker players in this entire field. And the irons are starting to heat up. Like he, his irons have actually been really, really good. So I think you're getting a situation where not a lot of people are going to look to him. There's like this bomber narrative going on at Riviera, which I understand, but like I'd rather go with the short game guys. So I'm all over Na this week. I love it. It's a great play. Um, I'm playing 
Luke List at 7,400. He's again in the winning lineup. He's in my winning lineup. I bet him 90 to 1 with a top six each way. Mm. I mean, like, I just, I, that was just a kind of a crazy number, in my opinion. And the each way just opens up so much. Whereas if he contends again, like, I, that would be a, be, be a nice payout. But in the same token that Zalatoris is a popular play this week, I think Luke List makes the complete, makes a lot of sense. He's absolutely amazing, T to Green. And the thing about him, he's a horrible putter, but he's going back to Poa where he gained strokes at Torrey Pines, same Poa Greens. They're obviously going to play a little bit faster, but I love that. And then you also talk about around the green game, and he is excellent around the green. So I think it's a really crazy number at 90 to 1. You probably get a 70 or 80 to 1 on him right now. I love him in DraftKings. I'm sure he'll be a little bit owned, but I'm willing to overlook that. He's seventh in this field over the last 50 rounds and around the green game. So, you know, we're talking that up. I think it's important. Like, he's great with his long irons. Like, I just think that if Zal Torres is a great play, then so is Luke List. And, like, that's why I'm so invested in DraftKings this week like it was just so easy for me to go Cantley um Cantley Cam List Fitzpatrick like I just think that's yeah. a really good four and like I'm just very so those are my favorite plays this week that's my outright card like that is that is my outright card this week I'm only betting four guys so that is my outright card that's what I'm doing so you said you're off list what what is, what are your uh what are your problems with list this week no problems with list. I have no problems with list. Um, his ownership's going to be a little high. Yeah. He's going to be, I think he's going to be in the 14 to 15% yep. range. Um, and I just, I prefer, I prefer Kevin Knob yep. and I prefer guys around him, but I understand. I mean, he rates out really well for me at this course. And he he's kind of a model breaker, which is, I think the reason why he's going to get the ownership. But again, it's not undoable ownership. You know what I mean? And if you can find some guys um, to finish out your lineup that are a little, um, you know, there are a lot of guys in the low sevens and, and high sixes that no one's going to play. Yeah. So I want to, I want to talk about that because as we move down to like the $7,000 range, $6,000 range, like I'm not really moving into the sixes, but my initial thought um, was to go back to Adam Hadwin. Um, he's played really well at this course. He's a cut maker. Like at the, I'm just looking for a guy to make the cut. You know, I, you know, he was, he was, he was in the top ten at a point last week, but he kind of drifted. I don't care. I just want a guy to make it through the weekend. So that is Adam Hadwin for me, and he's been playing some really great golf, like you pointed out, and I want to thank you for that. But do you think that I can go back to him this week? Like, because I, I need to win all the money. Uh, he, Hadwin was very kind to me, and he he gave me everything that I needed. I I'm a little squeamish this week. I don't want to I don't want to chase too much with this guy. Um, I one of the guys that I talked to that does his own ownership projections thinks that Hadwin's going to be like twelve percent. Really? Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not seeing that where I look at ownership projections, but he's also really smart. So I think there is, you may have to worry a little bit about the ownership with Hadwin. Um, I think I'd rather play Keegan, man, who hit the ball better than Hadwin and is going to be half the ownership, right? Um, but I under I understand it with Hadwin. I mean, I, I think Had he's great in California and he has a yeah. great short game. And he's legitimately never missed a cut here. Like not even, 
I, in mm. 2019, he was probably last place, but 22nd, 16th, 34th, 6th, 75th, 26th, 26th. Like, if he if he finishes 26th this week, like, I'm totally fine with that. Like, that is totally fine with me. So, I'm going back, and then I'm playing at – he's popular. He's very popular, and I know that you are playing Maverick McNeely over him for obvious ownership reasons, but Lanto, right? Like, can he- that work? I, I like Kalanto this week. I don't know if he's going to be that popular. I don't. I, I mean, who do you think is going to be more popular, Lanto or Hadwin? Probably Lanto, right? Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to tell. I, I, I think Lanto, I thought he was going to be super. Like, it's not going to be a situation like Aaron Wise, where Aaron Wise last week was like 20%, right? Like, if, like, when we say popular, we're talking about Lanto potentially being like, 12 to 14%, which is really high for a low 7K guy. And I don't play low 7K guys at that ownership. I think Fanshare had him at like eight or nine and yeah. Fantasy National wasn't that much different. I think that's palatable. If, if, yeah. if Lanto's single digits, I'll play Lanto. Yeah. And I'll, I'll like move around a little bit down here, but I got, I got some stats on him. He hasn't missed a cut in seven starts. 16th at Pebble Beach, third at the Amex, sixth place finish at the Zozo. And I like the sixth place finish at the Zozo because those were difficult scoring conditions. Decky won at like minus 13. So he's proven that he can, you know, play decent in difficult conditions. And he's finished in the top 30 the last two times at Riviera. So again, I get, but like Lanto's my next guy in there. And then that leaves me with like 7K. And that's like kind of had one for me. But what are some of your favorite lower 7K guys in this range? I know you'll be playing. Um, I know we'll be playing a little bit of Maverick. Oh, I love Maverick. Yeah. Maverick, yeah. I'm, of course, I'm playing Maverick. I don't understand. Like, yes, of course, I'm playing Maverick. Um, I mean, Brian, you know me. This is, this is where I thrive down here. Um, I like Doug Gim a lot at 6.5. I like um, our boy John's, uh, our boy John's boy, Sebastian Munoz, um, a lot at 6.7. <laughs> I'm going to play Ricky, I think, a little bit, uh, for better or worse, even though he really screwed me last week. I just, I think the price drop from 7.6 to 6.6, and, you know, not, I mean, a better field, sure, but. Um, it, I, that felt a little steep to me uh, for a guy that missed the cut on the number and lost two strokes putting. Um, I just think 6.6 a little che- is a little cheap. So, um, yeah, I like Ricky. I like Munoz. Let me let me pull up my player pool too to see if there's any guys I'm missing. I mean, you uh, like oh I, oh P Raj, our boy our boy Powers guy Patrick Rogers. This is like I I'm like I really don't like I don't get too emotional with betting and like things like that. I'm not going to be like, Oh, I'll never play this guy. And I played P Raj at pebble. And I said, this guy sucks. Like I'm not playing. He does him. suck. Like, he's, he's not good, but look at his finishes here are really fucking good. 12, 30th, 15th, 26, 22nd. And, and at the Bermuda, a windy, difficult golf course. That was his best event in recent memory. I don't know if I have to go that low and I hate wagering on the guy, but I think P Rod is a great play because he excels at this course. This seems to be a place that he has some familiarity and that he tends to play well at. 
Listen, Brian, all these guys suck. All these guys down below 7.5. My biggest pet peeve on Twitter is when people complain or get tilted from their 6.5K golfer playing badly. It's like, it annoys me so much, I cannot even tell you. Like, you want to get mad if you play John Rahm and John Rahm plays badly? Like, that's fine with me. But these guys, like, you're throwing darts. You're looking for... um, reasons where they could work and with Patrick Rogers I think he has a lot going for him with the course history angle he missed the cut on the number in Phoenix last week I love guys that miss the cut on the number but hit the ball really well Fowler and Rogers are two guys that fit that bill so I'm going to be playing both of them and uh yeah I, I like Rogers this week I saw he, he was a little he was getting a little high on fantasy national, but I, yeah, I mean, I, if you I, just look at his course site. history, like if you just look at his course history, like you're just going to play him. Like it just, and you know, I, I, I don't know if I have to go that low and I really want to be like serious about my DFS this week. So if I have to go down, I might play him. I'm not sure, but you know, I think there's, I think so. Aaron wise getting a lot of shit, rightfully so. Um, I'm definitely on the record you know, saying that he's going to have a great year and he had a really great fall swing and he just hasn't shown it. And I just can't believe the ownership the last two weeks. He missed a cut, burned me two weeks in a row. He is 1000% due to play well soon when no one's on him. Right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm that angle. I'm taking with Ricky this week, but you could also make that case with wise wise was, a wise was really bad last week. Like it wasn't a P Roger Ricky situation where they hit the ball. Okay. And they miss a cut on the number. Like wise missed the cut by like six. And he had like one of his worst ball striking weeks of his career. So yeah, I'm a little, yeah, I'm a little more scared of wise, but dude, I don't think that anyone that was high on wise pre year. Like, I don't think that, you should give up faith or lose yeah. hope or anybody that says that wise sucks should be victory <laughs> lapping in February. Like we're yeah. one and a half months away from the first major, which is where many people think the golf season actually starts. So I know that wise is, you know, he didn't have the start that some people were hoping for, but I still think he's going to have a good season. Yeah. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for that. Um, you know, a, eighth round pick in our, in our fantasy league, which we are in a thousand dollars. Like we're in kind of dead last both of us, but we're in a thousand dollars of each other. I'm, I'm happy that we have a little bit of a competition going because I love competing with you and we have a side wager on it. And you know, we got some, we got some teams that are eventually going to come into form. Yeah. We're in a battle for the gutter. Patrick Reed in the third round. Um, I thought that was like the steal of the draft, maybe the worst pick of the entire draft. Like our boy, John drafted Webb Simpson, who I don't know if we'll see him again. Like Webb Simpson, I think maybe has already made more money than Patrick Reed has for me. So I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to see some signs of life from Xander or Brooks. Um, but, uh, and Fitz as well. Um, but like, you know, this you're in right, a tough, so. you know, you're in a tough situation when Siwoo Kim has been your MVP. Yeah, no, it, it's been tough, but I'm, I'm excited, um, for the year and, you know, this is a great event and I'm really happy that, uh, you came on for it and it, it was a great pod. And again, Andy will be on for the premiere events. Okay. I'm not going to have Andy for the, well, so Andy and I, uh, we got dinner 
one night and he was late and it was his fault. And I said, dude, as soon as I was like, you're on for the Zurich. I was like, you're on for the Zurich. So, but no, the, I, I got over it. But Andy, what, which major do you want, Andy? Masters? I say no, but what, what of the three majors other than that do you want to be on for? I would probably say uh, the Open Championship because I am going to the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship, so I'm just going to have a lot on my plate those weeks. So pencil me in for St. Andrews. Boom, you're on for St. Andrews. Um, We got some – We got. you know, I don't want to spill anything, but we got some big guests lined up on TIB. I talk with my strategic partner for TIB. Andy, I've hired him as a consultant for the TIB brand. And, you know, we've put some big names together coming up. So I won't reveal who it is, but coming up, we got some big names coming on TIB. Andy, it was a pleasure. Plug. Can I can I just say one thing about your tease? Like it's <laughs> it's a name. It's a big name. Like it, it is it is a serious name, and I'm glad to have played a role in it. Um, Brian did most of the legwork with it. Um, the person that is coming on, we'll call the person, the person, um, big listener of the show, big fan of the show, been following Brian's work for a long time. Um, so I'm very excited for that. And I think the, uh, the loyal TIB listeners will be as, uh, as well. Yeah, no, it should be good. So plug all your excellent work that you put out every single week, Andy. Yeah, so I have a podcast called Inside Golf Podcast. Um, people seem to, it's doing pretty, I'm excited with where it's going this year. Um, I do a yep. Sunday preview show um, that drops every Sunday afternoon. And then Tuesday, I'll have a guest on. This week, I had Ryan Baroff on and uh, we talked about Riviera. We also, at the end, did like 25 minutes on Rom and his historical context. And uh, people seem to have really liked that conversation so far. So if you're interested in, getting some more Riviera info or hearing us debate Rom, check that out for sure. And then odds checker articles and the scramble with rec. Um, I think that's it, man. No, like this is, this is no, I don't need to like sell you Andy. Like this is no bullshit. Like I don't fucking miss a single fucking thing Andy puts out. And that's not because he's my best friend. It's because it's the best in the industry. And if you're listening to this and you don't listen to Andy's stuff, I don't know what to tell you, but you absolutely need to. Andy, it's been a pleasure. I will see you soon. I'm so excited for golf this summer. I'm so excited to play some golf because I have been striping it off the tee, Andy. Absolutely striping it. I played Saturday. I literally missed one fairway. I got new irons. Absolutely some throwing some darts, hitting some putts. This is a big year. You're getting down to scratch. I'm breaking 80. No more in the 90s bullshit. I'm an 80s golfer going forward. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate everyone who checked it out. Andy, it's been a pleasure. I am so happy you were able to join us tonight. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks, man. Anytime.